welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 411. What are you doing here? She asked. Her heart was racing and I felt it thrilling against my chest. I stood mutely as she stepped back from me. Only then did I notice an old bruise faded to yellow high on her cheek. Even so, she was the most beautiful thing I had seen in two months and a thousand miles. What are you doing here? I asked. She laughed her silver laugh and reached out to touch my arm. Then her eyes flicked over my shoulder and her face fell. Hold on, she cried to the boy who was closing the gate to the lift. I have to catch this one or I'll be late, she said, her face full of pained apology as she stepped past me onto the lift. Come find me. The boy closed the gate behind her and my heart fell as the lift began to drop from sight. Where should I look? I stepped closer to the edge of the shear, watching her fall away. She was looking up, her face white against the darkness. Her face white against the darkness, her hair and a shadow in the night. The second street north of Maine, Tinnery Street. Shadow took her, and suddenly I was alone. I stood, the smell of her still in the air around me, the warmth of her just fading from my hands. I could still feel the tremor of her heart, like a caged bird beating against my chest. And that's the page and the chapter. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. It's not a meet-cute because they've met before, but this does feel like one of those, like, astonishing coincidences that would happen in a rom-com where you like think you're never going to see this person again and then you bump into them in a totally unexpected way but you don't actually have time to like have a real conversation because you're both doing other things yeah i think this is another pretty fun example of rothfuss checking off a box like there's there's an element of tension that has been more or less solved and now he's adding a new one which is oh dennis here but where is she he's got to go find her again mm-hmm she has a bruise, which is faded to yellow. I'm I'm no expert, but my unders- I feel like that's like about a week of healing on a bruise, especially on like a shiner on your face, which says to me that her patron is not far away. Indeed. Indeed. So if her patron is Brayden, that does all fit very neatly together. Well, theoretically, if it's a if it's a bruise that is yellowed, that I would at least take like what two days for a bruise to yellow, and that would mean that she could theoretically be two days distance from her patron. It's true. It's true. It's true. I mean, it's it's not a it's not a it's a clue, but it's not a good clue. It's not a solid clue. It's it's a it's a data point, but it does not necessarily lead us to like new conclusions. Yes, it's another pin on the yarn wall. Mm-hmm. I think that in general, the metaphor of a woman as a caged bird is perhaps a troubling one, but the metaphor of the heart as a caged bird is kind of a beautiful one. And so I'm willing to let this one, let this one go unmolested. (laughs) (laughs) Uncritiqued. (laughs) There was a word choice actually on the page that I, I also, I don't know how to feel about, but he says she is the most beautiful thing that he's seen in days or or miles. And it's like, did you have to say thing? <laughs> like, I get it, but like, come on. 
It's a person. If he says person, then he might have seen other items in the world that were more beautiful than Denna. So to make it absolutely clear that there is no corporeal form that he has seen that is more beautiful than Denna, he has to say thing. He's not saying she's a thing. kind of feels that way. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with Jeremy here on this one. Um, I think he generally does a good job of, of not dehumanizing Denna, but I do kind of feel... I would chalk this up more to the character Quoth being a teenager because this is sort of how I remember thinking of of people I was attracted to when I was that age. Uh, but it's hard to think of their inner life when you are swollen with hormones. I think he does a pretty good job of, of trying to, but not totally understanding her inner life. Uh, and I think he does a pretty good job of not uh, dehumanizing her throughout the whole story. So I, I don't mind this one. It's also hard to understand the inner life of someone who keeps their inner life a pretty closely guarded secret and only shows you what they want you to see. That's very true. One must wonder how frustrating it is to be friends with Quoth. Yeah. It's kind of a wonder that like these two people sort of are falling in love with each other and yet don't know that much about each other. (laughs) I mean, and there's two ways to read that, right? Like one way to read that is that they are peas in a pod. They're so alike that they can like recognize that about each other and respect it and like allow that, that their relationship to blossom and take the time to really get to know each other and let each other, let those walls come down in their own good time, you know? And that's almost like, like it was fated to be kind of thing. Like they were really meant for each other. Or uh, you could take the attitude that like, this is what will ultimately doom them because how could they possibly really know each other? Because they're both so determined to, uh, present exactly what they want the world to see and nothing else. Mm -hmm. And nobody knows which one's the real one right now. Yeah. And I, I I fall on the side of they are my OTP. They are, they are the couple that I am, I'm shipping as Rothfuss wants us to, but uh, I can certainly, I can see the argument for why like this might all be doomed, but I also love a good doomed romance. So that's not, that's not going to dissuade me necessarily. I was going to say, we know this story is not, a happy one like this is it's supposed to be a tragedy is it not there's lots of great romances that end in tragedy the story Quoth is telling is is a tragedy but there's space for it to continue and resolve happily in the frame narrative mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised Reasonable. if we end up with I don't know maybe not a fourth book but I think I would be surprised if some of the trouble is there's a lot of ground to cover in the narrative, in Quoth's narrative in book three, and then there's a little bit of ground to cover in the frame narrative. I mean, like, Denna's not in the frame narrative at all, so... What if she came in? You know, what if she shows up at his end being like, you stupid asshole, I've been looking the whole world over for you because we never... What if she can't because she's dead? I mean, yeah, that's one option. That's, That's almost, like, too predictable to me. You know, like, that's too easy if she's dead. What if Quoth, he messes their relationship up in some fundamental way, He's like, how could she ever love me after this? I must go to the cabin in the woods or whatever. And then she, what if she shows up at the end? And she's like, no, Quoth, like, I love you. I'm not going to let you go that easily just because you think you messed up. Like, you don't get to decide for both of us how this story ends. All right. Well, we'll see. Yeah, that'd be nice. I think it's far more likely that the Fire Nation killed the spirit fish, who is also the moon. And that Denna has to ascend into the sky and become the moon spirit. Wrong narrative. Wrong narrative. (laughs) Yeah, that seems about as likely as anything. 
Yeah, there's a long tradition of main characters uh, having girlfriends who turn into the moon. Mm. And okay, buddy, but, we, but we, we all know that between Quoth and Denna, the one who's more likely to be like moon-related is Quoth, isn't he? Oh, no, I see, because Jack steals the moon, the moon is Denna. Got it. Okay, fine, Denna's moon. Fine. <laughs> all right, I have only one more note. So this was the end of the chapter. This chapter was called Wisdom's Tool. Who wants to... Who wants to crack pot to ties as to the title? Well, the bear says that caution is always wisdom's tool. So that seems to me to be the likeliest interpretation. Well, that would be the most direct interpretation. But mm. I, f- I feel like this chapter title, like, I know it feels like it should be more important than just like a line in the chapter. Who is wisdom's tool or something? Both. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Quoth is thinking with his wisdom tool when he sees Denna. Yeah, his brain. His gigantic, enormous brain. Throbbing. <laughs> his engorged, yes, yeah, throbbing and engorged his, with wisdom. His tumescent brain engorged with wisdom. Yes, when he hugs Denna, she feels his wisdom pressed against him. <laughs> you guys are gross. <laughs> well, I'm I'm done. I don't think we read mail on um, on our Sunday streams, but I but I would like to solicit mail because, uh, as I mentioned before, we started recording. Our next Patreon episode is going to be uh, on the subject of of superhero fiction, and I think it would be interesting if the listeners have any uh, questions about superhero fiction. We're kind of uh, I think that would be interesting fodder to talk about. So I am hereby soliciting, if you have any specific questions on superhero fiction, we will discuss them on May's Patreon episode. All right. Thanks, Jeremy. All right, listeners, we will inject our wisdom directly into your ear holes on tomorrow's episode of Page of the Wiz.